Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. It is uh, Thursday, November the 4th, and you have only one day left until you make it to the weekend. God is so very good. Lessons from Virginia. The fallout from the elections continues in the news. Praise be to God. We're going to have a conversation coming up at 35 past the hour. Catholic vote org has a uh, a blog post out talking about the the fallout or what they're calling the woke lash. We'll look into that article a little bit. It's possible Josh uh, Mercer from CatholicVote.org will be on with us uh, at uh, thirty five past the hour. So we're going to have a conversation around those fallout elections. Will this impact the twenty twenty two midterm elections? Well, I know we hope so, but we're going to talk about that coming up. Plus, at the uh, fifteen past. Concerning us segment, there are a few stories that do concern me. Uh, there's a report out that an FSSP pastor was arrested on alleged child pornography charges. We're going to look into that story. And then there's a story that I have. Okay, I'm a truth in advertising here. A little confession, public confession. I saw this story probably a week ago, at least two weeks maybe, and I passed on it. And this was a Catholic school out in the San Francisco area. The students walked out on a speaker at an assembly because the speaker was pro-life. And this is a Catholic school. We're going to talk about that story coming up at 15 past, that and so much more. So it's going to be a jam-packed show, full show. And speaking of jam-packed, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning. Was was that a fat joke? You say um, I'm, I'm jam-packed? Like I'm, I'm just... Did I like do I'm that fat? again? Was it out loud that was, versus that was out loud inside voice. voice? That was out loud voice. Okay, good Despite example. Despite the fact good that example. Joe is calling me fat, it is uh, yet <laughs> still a good day. Praise be to God. It's good to it be all? here. In spite of it all? Despite of it all, it is... <laughs> Still good to be here. Praise be to Jesus. I was at the uh, the Fishers of Men Gala with the Guadalupe Radio Network in Praise Houston, Texas. God. How'd that go? And it was great. It was wonderful. Praise be to God. It was a lot of great people there. Mattress Mac, who's now nationally famous for uh, the Rally Nuns uh, across America for the World <laughs> Series. Rally Nuns. Uh, they, he was there. He was our keynote speaker. And the and the sisters were there as well. The Dominican sisters were there. And he, really? they, he brought them up to go speak. And I had no idea that he had hired, or not hired, but asked the Dominican sisters to come and uh, teach at their at his school that he created at his gallery furniture store. Yeah, I was like, "What? That's cool crazy!" That? So th- this yeah. is a great man. Uh, praise be to God for it. It was wonderful. I got to meet a lot of uh, listeners, people who tune into the show, and a lot of people who said, um, "You know, I love Catholic Drive Time, especially that Adrian guy, that Joe guy, though." Mm. Ah, you know, it's not. I'm just kidding. Mm. I didn't. No one Should said we fact that. Check no one this? said that. <laughs> Did anybody say they like the mostly show? Mostly false. <laughs> Most- <laughs> No, no, no. They, we did get a lot of people saying that they, they, well, they enjoy the God. show. They listen every day. So good morning to you. If you were at the Fishers of Mingala in Houston, Texas, praise be to God. That's awesome. Praise be to Jesus. We love, I know, I uh, was it Saturday? I had some people come out to me. I love the show. And, you know, I have a satirical humor, sense of humor. So I'm always like, yeah, I'm so sorry to hear it. You know, and they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, oh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Thanks for listening. We appreciate yeah, that. Praise be to God. Yeah. And uh, the Father Jackson story, very concerning. Very I know a concerning. Lot of, I have a lot, of, a lot of friends who know him personally, a lot of priests I know that know him personally. I've read his books. Um, I, we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll talk about that. 
All right. Praise be to God. So, uh, again, Josh uh, Mercer from CatholicVote.org is uh, due to join us uh, in our guest segment coming up 35 past the hour to talk about the fallout from the elections that took place this week. I mean, big, huge upsets. A lot of uh, Democrats reeling over that. So we're going to dive into those stories today. Uh, and then again, we have some concerning stories. In the second hour, for all of those that can join us, we would love to have you. We have our game show segment, Fear and Trembling, and uh, prizes are at stake, and you could win, and it's a lot of fun. So please join us if you're able. You can always hang out with us on our website at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. That's grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Let's pray and dive into our breaking news and stories. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy. Hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and now your headlines. Church Militant reports St. Michael's Media advances in its effort to hold a prayer rally in Baltimore. A federal appeals court issued a unanimous ruling Wednesday favoring the Catholic Media Company's effort to repeat its 2018 rally. They The rally is called Bishops, Enough is Enough, and it's scheduled for November the 16th, right next door to the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops fall meeting. And by the way, I will be there for the, uh, the rally, uh, the men's rally, to end abortion. You can find more details at themensmarch.com. Hope to see you there. Washington Examiner reports the Senate Republicans block latest election overhaul the, authored by Democrats to stop voter integrity laws. Senate Republicans Wednesday blocked a voting reform measure Democrats authored in response to state GOP voter integrity laws. One GOP lawmaker, Alaska's Lisa, Lisa Murkowski, joined all Democrats in supporting the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. But the measure fell nine votes short of the 60-vote threshold needed to advance the bill. The bill would restore parts of the 1965 Voting Rights Act struck down in recent years by the Supreme Court and add additional provisions aimed at expanding voter access. House and Senate Democrats this year have taken up several measures aimed at reforming voting laws ahead of the 2022 midterm elections. The Boston Herald reports the Fed pulls back economic aid in face of rising uncertainties. The Fed won't likely gain a clear view of inflation and the job market, Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell suggested, until COVID-19 and its economic consequences, reduced travel, diminished spending, supply and labor shortages, further ease. In the meantime, the Fed said it will begin to try to counter those inflation pressures by reducing its $120 billion in monthly bond purchases by $15 billion a month starting this month. Those purchases launched last summer have been intended to hold down long-term interest rates to spur borrowing and spending with the economy recovering. They aren't needed, Powell suggested. Yet, 
In another sign of the economy's numerous uncertainties, he also acknowledged that hiring hasn't been as strong lately as he had hoped. With schools back in session last month and a $300 a week federal jobless benefit having expired, Powell and most economists expected that many more people would start taking jobs in September. Instead, hiring that month fizzled. The Hill reports New Jersey State Senate President trailing Republican truck driver who spent $153 on his campaign. Now that's what I'm talking about. Edward Durr, a Republican candidate for president of the New Jersey Senate, is inching ahead of incumbent Stephen Sweeney. In 2017, Sweeney managed to win re-election against a powerful Republican challenger. Together, the two sides spent more than $24 million in the race. Durr, in contrast, claims he spent 153 bucks on his campaign, according to NJ.com. Durr built his campaign in a grassroots fashion, going door-to-door in his district and introducing himself to local voters. The narrow margin between Durr and Sweeney comes as New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy has clinched a second term after defeating former State Assemblyman Jack Citarelli in the state's unexpectedly tight gubernatorial contest. And those are your headline news. The saint of the day, and we got a long one today. There we go. The saint of the day is Saint Joannicus of Mount Olympus. He was born in 754 at Bithynia, which is modern-day Turkey. He was a hermit and a prophet and a miracle worker who defied the Byzantine emperor Theophilus and his iconoclast policies. Born in Bithynia in modern Turkey, Ioannikis was a iconoclast until he was converted to the religious life at the age of 40. He became a recluse on Mount Olympus in Bithynia and a monk, and later he defied the emperor and declared that sacred images would be restored to the church. Empress Theodora did restore the icons. He died on the 4th of November, 846, at Antidium of Natural Causes. I know, there you go. That was the whole thing. Very long. St. Joannicus, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 10, verses 11 through 16. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hireling and not a shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hireling and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know my own, and my own know me. As the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will heed my voice. So there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Haydock's commentary had a really good uh, meditation on today's gospel passage. He says, quote, How happy are we in having such a shepherd, so great, so good, so loving, so careful of our true welfare. Oh, he is the true shepherd indeed that came down from heaven to seek the poor sheep that was lost. And when he found it, took it upon his own shoulders to carry it home with joy to his heavenly fold. How dearly have his sheep cost him. 
For truly has he made good in himself this sentence, that the good shepherd giveth his life for his sheep. Let us then ever follow and obey, love and embrace this true shepherd of our souls. Yea and amen. Praise be to God. That is such a, a beautiful meditation today on this particular passage. Hadok goes on to say, The good pastor gives his life for his sheep. He exposes himself to every danger to save them. No inclemency of weather, no frost or cold, no rains or tempest can drive him from looking over his sheep to defend them from the attacks of wolves. And like Jacob, he might say, day and night I was parched with heat and with cold and sleep departed from my eyes. Boy, don't you wish that we were protected this way? Don't you wish you can be embraced this way? I know I do. Um, What an incredible thought. He goes on to say, Or like David speaking to Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion or a bear and took a ram out of the midst of the flock, and I pursued after them and struck them and delivered it out of their mouths, and they arose up against me, and I caught them by the throat, and I strangled them and killed them. This is a model of a true pastor. But Jesus Christ has done more than this for us. He has exposed his life and his repose. He has spilled his blood and delivered himself to the fury of his enemies and has offered himself as a victim on the cross to his eternal father to free us, his lost sheep, from the most cruel wolf, the devil. And ever since his death, he has always protected his church assisted and consoled his distressed flock under all their sufferings, pouring into their hearts the consolation of the Holy Ghost and sending to them holy teachers to govern and lead them in the holy path of salvation. Such were the apostles and their successors, the bishops and priests of the Holy Catholic Church, whom he has sent and will continue to send to govern his flock to the end of time. Wow! Hadok! This is a powerful meditation today. It is very good. Praise be to God. I am inspired by it. But I will say this. Golly, do you wish, do, do I uh, wish and pray to have shepherds today that would defend us to the death against the wolves within and without the church? Golly, gee whiz, do I wish and pray that we had shepherds that would wish to put themselves between the wolves and us to the point of even death? It seems so frequently today that we embrace the ways of the wolves instead of shunning and pursuing them and vanquishing them. Let's pray for our shepherds. I can't imagine how difficult the task really is, the temptations of the world, the flesh, and the devil, the pressures, and all the rest. Let's pray that they have holy obedience and holy courage to fight and kill the wolves and protect the sheep. We'll be right back. What's Concerning Us is coming up next. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. 
GloryAndShine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. GloryAndShine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At GloryAndShine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, GloryAndShine.com. Thank you again. The next National Men's March to End Abortion is Monday, November 15th in Baltimore. We will gather outside of a local abortion center and march to our rally point outside of the USCCB Fall Assembly. Men, it's time. Embrace Christ. Embrace His Word. And if you stand for life, oh my goodness, you'll put a smile on God's face and He'll bless you. Go to themensmarch.com for more information and commit to join us on November 15th in Baltimore. to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. I am looking forward to being at the Men's March uh, to End Abortion. You can find details at themensmarch.com. It's coming up in Baltimore on the 15th, and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Praise be to God. You can uh, share this with some guy in your life. I'd be grateful to you. There's going to be a lot of men there, some uh, great speeches. I am very blessed to have been asked to give one of them. And uh, you can find the details at themensmarch.com, themensmarch.com. Coming up at 35 past the hour, though, uh, we're going to have a conversation with Josh Mercer from CatholicVote.org about the fallout from the elections. And there is a lot of fallout going down. Is this a signal of things to come in 2022? We're going to have that conversation with Josh Mercer from CatholicVote.org coming up 35 past the hour. There are, as I say, a few stories that are of concern to me, at the very least, but I'm sure... To many others, there was a report out that came out a day before last, I think, of an FSSP pastor who was arrested on alleged child pornography charges in Providence, Rhode Island. I almost reported on it. I put it on sort of the back burner. A lot of times in these cases, I found that you, you want to wait a day or two. You want to kind of see how things go. And uh, the temptation to jump on it quickly is great, but you never know how things are going to go with these stories. Um, But let me read a little bit to you, and I want to comment on this. Here's the article out of the National Catholic Register. Uh, I don't know, Adrian, if you can pick up my desktop or not, but here's the story. Father James Jackson, a priest of the Priestly Fraternity of St. Peter, FSSP, a pastor of St. Mary's Church in Providence, Rhode Island, was arrested at the parish on October the 30th and charged with three crimes related to child sexual abuse material. Father Jackson, 66 years old, was charged with possession of child pornography, transfer of child pornography, and child erotica prohibited, the Rhode Island State Police announced on Sunday. The arrest stemmed from an investigation by Rhode Island State Police Computer Crimes Unit's Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force, which discovered that the Internet connection at the rectory at St. Mary's Church was being used to share child sexual abuse material, the state police said. The state police executed a search warrant on Saturday at the parish and then arrested Jackson after determining that he was the owner of the material, the state police said. 
Father Jackson was formerly pastor of Our Lady of Mount Carmel Catholic Church in Littleton, Colorado. He gave the homily at the March 29th funeral mass for Eric Tolley, a Boulder police officer and Catholic father of seven who was killed in a mass shooting at a Colorado supermarket. God rest his soul. Jackson became pastor of St. Mary's uh, traditional Latin mass parish on August the 1st. In Rhode Island, the charge of, quote, child erotica prohibited, unquote, is defined as the production, possession, display, or distribution of, quote, any visual portrayals of minors who are partially clothed, where the visual portrayals are used for the specific purpose of sexual gratification or sexual arousal from viewing the visual portrayals, unquote. If convicted, all three charges Father Jackson faces up to 21 years in prison. An October 31 statement from the Diocese of Providence said that Father Jackson has, quote, been prohibited from the sacred ministry and the exercise of office of pastor, unquote, by Bishop Thomas Tobin of Providence as a result of the arrest. The statement said that the diocese had been presented with a letter of suitability for ministry for Father Jackson prior to his arrival in the state and that the parish will continue to be entrusted to the care of the FSSP. Now, here's the thing. I have a degree in IT, um, and I can tell you, just right out of the gate, just reading from just this source alone, Nothing in this source says that Father Jackson was, in fact, the guy responsible for the material possession or transfer of it. Simply that he was the owner of a computer and that the Internet connection uh, at the at the residency was used to transfer this material. That's not proof that Father Jackson himself was involved in any way, shape or form. So that's one thing I think we ought to keep in mind. But this reminds me, you know, what, what was it like? Four, five months, six months ago, maybe now, Adrian, that we were we were talking about uh, Father Rutler in New York, and the story broke that Father Rutler was being accused of uh, similar activities—not child pornography, but pornography—and uh, and uh, and uh, there was a woman involved, and it it was like a very scandalous story, and we're all thinking, Father Rutler, are you kidding? Like, if you had to guess, of all the priests, Father Rutler wasn't going to be on your top one hundred list. And, um, of course, he claimed innocence, and and he let things play out, and it turns out the story was falsified and fake, and he was restored. Praise be to God. His reputation was restored. Praise be to God. Now, I don't know Father Jackson from the FSSP. I, I have no experience or history with him. I don't... Uh, I do attend an FSSP parish, praise be to Jesus, uh, but from what I'm gathering, um, people who do know him are saying, similar to Father Rutler... His reputation is such that this would be an absolute shocker that if this were true. And uh, I wonder if time will tell, and we should hope and pray that uh, if this that this is false, that this mm-hmm. is fake, that this is not true, and then he is he is uh, he restored to his integrity. Praise be to Jesus. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's this is incredibly important uh, to know is that someone's reputation is very important to them. And this is and not just important to them. They have a right to a good reputation, which is why um, revealing someone's sins, even if it's true and it's uh, but it's not a public scandal or public sin, you should not reveal it because people have a right to their good name. And uh, his name will never be restored 100 percent when it, if it comes out to be false. And remember, we he's innocent until proven guilty. And for Father Jackson, especially for someone of 
his reputation. I know many, many people who know Father Jackson personally. I know many priests who know him personally, uh, people who are fraternity priests, people who are society priests, people who are uh, diocesan priests, and everyone in between. And they all have said, this is like unheard of. Many people have told me that he doesn't even have a smartphone. He uses a flip phone. He doesn't know how to use technology. Uh, that it wasn't even a parish uh, computer. I mean, it wasn't his computer. It was a parish computer, not connected to him in any way, and not, at least not directly. And all these things, a lot of people are saying that they think he's being set up for some reason. They don't know why he's being set up, but they believe he's being set up for some reason, and they just don't understand why. And I think it's very important that we kind of keep this in mind. Uh, Restoring the Faith the media, Mike, with Restoring the Faith, he did a great video on YouTube yesterday talking about this and he's raising money to hire a private investigator because he's like i don't trust the what the situation here is going on and he said i don't even understand why the the uh, fraternity didn't post his bail but he was like they they didn't post his bail and they just left him there and so that's very suspicious he doesn't know what's going on so he wants to raise money to hire a private investigator and help pay for his legal fees uh so well, it's very concerning. Like we say, there, the charges are alleged at this point, and just from an IT perspective, it seems uh, rather interesting. Um, I, you know, I guess the investigation has to happen, right? Okay, so is this your computer? Yes. Okay, great. So, well, now you're responsible because on this computer is illegal material, grotesque illegal material. So what we would want is for the truth. We would want if if it turns out it'd be true, and uh, there are there is. Uh, evidence beyond the shadow of a doubt, then we would want Father Jackson to be held accountable for this grievous crime. If not, we would want him to be restored to his good integrity. So let's pray for the situation, for God's uh, for God's will to be done, and for truth to be uh, to be found. And nonetheless, his books are good no matter what ends up happening. Just saying, they're great books. Uh, on the it was a class. shocker so when when the Rutler story came out. Yeah, it was. It was. It was I mean, I, I was shook a little bit by that because Rutler. I mean, good grief! I, I I just can't see it coming. I just couldn't see with Rutler's reputation that that yeah. would be true. The and it good was good news, news is, that he was restored. Absolutely, absolutely. The good news is all the books that Father Rutler wrote, that Father Jackson wrote, and all the people who are accused of evil things. Uh, they're the things they have said that are true, good and beautiful are still good, true and beautiful, even if it turns out that they themselves in their private lives were wicked people. So it shouldn't be a Father cause Karapi, of scandal of destroying our, your faith. Many in our audience would know Father Karapi's name, and that would, might be a good example of, of that. All right, so there's a lot to pray for in that situation. We'll keep an eye on it, and we'll report back when we know more. Let's turn to this story out of the National Catholic Register as well. Students at Catholic High School in San Francisco stage walkout protest of pro-life assembly. And as I said in the intro, this is a story I saw a couple of weeks back and passed on it. Uh, just because I'm like, it's San Francisco. We, we like, that's probably par for the course, but I gotta be honest. It's been, it's been bugging me a little bit not to, not to have talked about it. So let me read a little bit of the story for you. Uh, the article goes like this. Students at a Catholic high school in San Francisco staged a walkout last month to protest an all school assembly, which featured a pro-life speaker. Despite the students actions, the school's president defended the talks as Quote, an opportunity to come together in order to learn more about the dignity of human life, unquote. Archbishop uh, Rio Dran, Rio, Rio how do I say that? Archbishop Rio Dran High School. I guess that's correct. Archbishop Rio Dran High School, which is administered by the Society of Mary, hosted in all school assembly October the 22nd, featuring pro-life speaker Megan Allman. 
Allman tours the country with the Life Training Institute, a Christian pro-life organization whose talks aim to, quote, empower others with the knowledge and conviction necessary to make a case for life that changes hearts and minds, unquote. According to an account of the incident by the San Francisco Chronicle, students began to exit the auditorium and file into an adjacent gym about five minutes into the presentation, leaving, quote, a few dozen of the school's more than 800 students in the auditorium for the entire talk. 800 students and only a few dozen are left in the room. That means the vast majority of these students at a Catholic school walked out on a pro-life speaker. The walkout has since gained media attention after a video of the walkout went viral with several hundred thousand views on TikTok. Quote, my school tried to hold a pro-life assembly, unquote, on-screen text on the video of a throng of mass students reads, so we walked out. Hmm. The Chronicle interviewed several students who identified themselves as pro-choice and found a pro-life talk Quote, frustrating, unquote, especially, they said, Allman's comparison of the number of babies killed in abortion to the number of Jews who died in the Holocaust. Well, it's way more, actually. I mean, like a lot more, like magnitudes, more people lost in the, the murderous act of abortion than in the Holocaust. And the Holocaust was horrible. The Holocaust was evil and horrible. That makes abortion that much worse. Look at this. This is mind-blowing to me. A Catholic school in the Archdiocese of San Francisco. All of their students walk out. Where was their faculty? Where was the principal? Um, why send your students to a Catholic school if you reject Catholic uh, teaching? I'm just curious. Why do that? I remember when my oldest uh, son, uh, we, needed, we adopted him and we needed to find a school for him. And we looked at local Catholic schools. And I noticed the... Uh, the ideologies that were contrary to Catholic teaching. And I said, no, I'm not going to pay you to indoctrinate my kid. The only, the only thing I want my kid to learn is the true, the beautiful, and the good by Holy Mother Church. The teaching passed on from Christ to his apostles and down through the ages. No exceptions, no apologies, no excuses. That's all I want. We don't embrace the world, the flesh, and the devil because it feels good and a majority do it. Catholic schools need a reformation, in my opinion. They need to come back to Holy Mother Church. It's time for that. Let's pray for that. We'll be right back. More breaking news and stories at CatholicVote.org is coming up next. A skeptic once engaged me in conversation saying, Yeah, I'm skeptical about everything. To which I replied, are you skeptical about that? And I actually got a chuckle out of his girlfriend standing nearby. You see, the claim, I doubt everything, refutes itself. If a skeptic doubts everything, well then he must doubt the claim, I doubt everything. Which of course is the same as saying, I doubt that I doubt everything. This is absurd. If a skeptic doubts his own assertion, I doubt everything, well then why even put it forward? Suppose my skeptic friend retorted, no, I'm certain I doubt everything. Well, this wouldn't help him either because there would be one thing he doesn't doubt, namely the claim, I doubt everything. No matter how a radical skeptic approaches his skepticism, whether he doubts it or affirms it, he ends in a self-contradiction. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. 
Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean, and here are your headline news. The Blaze reports Buffalo's socialist candidate for mayor, endorsed by Sanders, AOC, and Schumer, appears to have been taken down by a write-in campaign. The Blaze also reports high school students suspended after she reported sexual assault, and the school is now making her take a sexual harassment prevention course. The student, a 15-year-old sophomore at Hawthorne Academy of Health Sciences in Charlotte, told WBTV recently that she had been routinely harassed by a male student at the school. But when she reported the harassment to school officials, the school reportedly responded by suspending her and requiring her to take a class called, quote, sexual harassment is preventable, unquote. After hearing about the allegations, though, the school officials did reportedly contact the police. The Charlotte-Mecklenburg Police Department then conducted an investigation that resulted in charges against the male student for sexual battery in connection with the incidents described by the female student. However, the school resolved to conduct its own investigation and in the end concluded that there was no evidence that any crime was committed and the school responded by suspending the student for filing a false report. The Daily Wire reports Biden claims that giving illegal aliens $450,000 if separated at the border under Trump is garbage. Democrat President Joe Biden claimed that reports from multiple mainstream newspapers that the administration could pay illegal aliens who were separated at the border under the previous administration up to $450,000 each to settle lawsuits were untrue. The Washington Post and the New York Times both later confirmed the reports out of the Wall Street Journal. Uh, Fox News reporter Peter Ducey, he pressed Biden on the issue during a press conference yesterday, noting that before Biden had left for an overseas trip, quote, there were reports that were surfacing that your administration is planning to pay illegal immigrants who are separated from their families at the border up to $450,000 each, possibly a million dollars per family. Biden responds, quote, If you guys keep sending this garbage out, yeah, but it's not true, unquote, Biden. When asked if if there was a garbage report by Ducey, Biden responded again, yeah, $450,000 per person. Is that what you're saying? That's not going to happen, unquote, Biden claimed. Well, we'll see. Epic Times reports Supreme Court takes aim at restrictive New York concealed carry gun law. The Supreme Court seemed receptive to arguments that the New York State's tough concealed carry gun permitting system violates the Second Amendment during a court hearing on November the 3rd. The illegal challenge is important because it could result in a nationwide recognition of the right of Americans to possess guns outside the home and carry guns in public places such as parks, schools, shopping malls, and churches. The Supreme Court has been strengthening Second Amendment protections in recent years, and observers say that the court's 6-3 conservative supermajority could help expand gun ownership protections. The Hill reports Democrats hit panic button after Virginia collapse. 
A dismissal performance by Democratic candidates in New Jersey and Virginia is sparking a, a sense of panic among Democrats who now view the Senate and House majorities as in serious peril in the 2022 midterm elections. In Virginia, a state uh, as a state that President Biden won by 10 points a year ago, Democrats say former Governor Terry McAuliffe fall to defeat uh, failed to defeat. Uh, let me say that again. For, uh, Democrats saw former Governor Terry McAuliffe fall to defeat in a state the polls suggested had he was leading just a couple of months ago. In New Jersey, a strong performance by little-known former GOP Assemblyman Jack Citarelli against GO, uh, Governor Phil Murphy, a Democrat, was too close to call until just this morning. Democrats have expected Murphy to win easily, but it was not the case. Biden's approval numbers have taken uh, tanked amid gridlocked Congress, and his dismissal ratings were another anchor on McAuliffe's uh, in Virginia. Good grief, having a trouble reading today. It was also impossible not to interpret the tight race in New Jersey as reflective of broader problems, which I think parents especially were speaking up about leading up to this week's election all of the shenanigans going on in our schools. People, I think, are getting tired of it. And those are your headline news. Praise be to Jesus Christ. All right, we're going to talk about the fallout of the elections this week. They seem to be uh, a very shocking thing for so many. Uh, looking at just the, uh, the responses to various commentators on the Democratic Party side, it becomes obvious that maybe this could be a signaling for the 2022 midterm elections. But to join us and talk about this, Tom McCluskey from CatholicVote.org is here with us. Good morning to you, Tom. Tom, are you there? Good morning, and thanks for having me on. This yes, can you hear me? Yeah, praise be to God. It's good to have you on. Thank you for for joining us. Let's talk about the the fallout uh, from the elections this week. There is an article over CatholicVote.org called "Lessons from Virginia." Tell us what you think is going to be the uh, the results of this week's monumental overturn in Virginia. Well. Um for, for the issues I work on directly, I, I'm the lobbyist Catholic vote, and I work on Capitol Hill, and there's a lot of uh, consternation over the large uh, reconciliation or spending bill that the Democrats are talking about right now. One main factor is that it, it, it spends, sends billions of dollars uh, to abortionists or uh, for abortion directly. And now the Democrats seem to be, a lot of Democrats seem to be taking a second look, and, and there's hope now that that won't pass. Um, nationally, I think uh, what we're seeing is, is a wave, and it's always a good sign going into a mid-year election, midterm elections. These off-year elections are usually um, predictors for, for what's going to happen, uh, uh, and hopefully we'll see that pro-life Republicans will take over the House of Representatives next year. 2009, I think, was the last time they had a Republican uh, in the governor's seat in Virginia. Now they have the governor, lieutenant governor. They're seeing major changes even in their uh, their assembly. Um, do you think this will this trend will continue? Do you think we're going to start to see blue states flip to red, or or do you think there will be a rally now on the left to try to stem that tide? I, I do think that we'll see more red. We, we saw red in, in, in certain places that we don't normally, like in, in New Jersey, while the Republicans didn't pick up the governorship, they did oust the uh, state speaker in, in Seattle, of all places. Um, and, and I have a brother out in Seattle, and, and God love him, but 
best word to describe him is he's a hippie, and I, I think <laughs> that might describe a lot of Seattle. Um, however, uh, Seattle elected a uh, a Republican district attorney. Um, I, I do think we will see somewhat of a trend, um, but but we're also going to see there are just certain places in the United States where there's a stronghold. I, I live in Alexander, Virginia, and I, unfortunately here. Um, uh, where there's been a lot of troubles with the school board, uh, Democrats uh, and with the city council, Democrats have retained control. So it all probably depends about where you are, and and there will be surprises picking up. We had we saw in in New Jersey, obviously there was a tight governor's race there. People did not expect that to be that tight. You have a, a truck driver spending 153 dollars to uh, you know upset the Senate president in New Jersey. You got Long Island making uh, you know big decisions to select Republicans. It, it seems to be a big issue that is sweeping our country. Um, and I find that it's the people in the middle ground, the people who weren't always uh, so married to the Republicans or the Democrats. They're the ones swinging the most. Would you agree to that? I, I think definitely. Um, what we saw in the suburbs, um, is that it, it was probably here in Virginia, is it, it, and also I think we saw it in New Jersey, is that while there might have been some people who were turned off, I think, by President, President Trump's style um, and voted against uh, the Republican Party, uh, those, those people, it was just they were looking at the candidate and not at, um, not at perhaps the issues and, and not at what matters most to them at the time. So we're seeing a lot of uh, a, a lot of those voters who, who would be described as I'll never vote for Donald Trump coming around and voting for uh, Republicans because of the issues. Uh, some of the commentators that were you know trying to explain what exactly happened and why the Democrats lost so badly this week was Van Jones. And Van Jones made this. I'm, I'm paraphrasing him here, not quoting him, but he he sort of seemed to suggest that it was all about perception that the Democrats come across as mean or or they come across as uh, just uh, confused or they, they, they can't explain their arguments very well. And yet it seems to me like, especially in Virginia, uh, what was happening in Loudoun County, the parents, and we've seen this in school boards all over the country, they're sick and tired of the woke agenda, the, the craziness, and they're realizing now that they can't just drop their kids off in school and expect that everybody's got their kids' uh, best interest at heart. Do you think that is the biggest issue that's uh, changing a lot of things in our country right now? I think it's the biggest issue that mainstream media is ignoring. Um, and and uh, I, I, I don't normally watch MSNBC, so thank you for watching it for me. <laughs> um, I, however, I, I did see another commentator like comment about how, how racist the Republican Party all is and that they all are racist. Um, however, what we saw was the first African-American woman uh, elected to higher office in Virginia. We saw the first Hispanic, uh, Cuban, um, Cuban American, elected to Attorney General's office. And what we're seeing more and more is, uh, well, w one thing that really gets me is in all the analysis that I'm seeing from the mainstream media is they don't talk, they say education was an issue. But they don't dive into that. And one reason education Hold that thought, issue, Tom. Hold that thought. Well, Sorry to well, sure. put you on pause, Tom, but I'm going to have to ask you to hold the thought. We're going to go to a break. We're going to come right back. We're going to have a conversation uh, with Tom McCloskey of CatholicVote.org about the election results. That's coming up next. Don't go anywhere.
This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, the Catholic Church would be okay if it weren't for all the rituals? Why do people complain about rituals in the church? They don't complain about the rituals that fill the rest of their daily lives. They shake hands, they sign their names, they put candles on birthday cakes, they give each other flowers, they put on fancy weddings and somber funerals. Those are all rituals. They are symbols. They are simple ways of representing complex ideas. G.K. Chesterton says, Ritual is a need of the human soul. In fact, it's a need of the human body, like exercise. Destroy your impressive ceremony, and all you get in return is unimpressive ceremony. Want more than a minute? Visit our website at chesterton.org. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Jesus Christ, welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to God. Talking about the uh, fallout from the elections this week, I'm looking at an article over at CatholicVote.org, Lessons from Virginia. It says, quote, all eyes are on the 2022 midterm elections. The Democrats are in a panic. Politico blared this morning, quote, Democrats may be headed straight into a hurricane, unquote. And for good reason, looking at the election returns, Dave Wasserman of the uh, Cook Political Report Remarked, quote, needless to say, tonight's results are consistent with a political environment in which Republicans would comfortably take back both the House and Senate in 2022, unquote. And uh, joining us again on the program is uh, the chief lobbyist in Capitol Hill for CatholicVote.org, Tom McCluskey. Welcome back to the show. Before the break, you were just about to say that um, there is uh, there is the headlines are talking about wokeism and and all of the stuff about education. But they don't dive deep on the specific issues parents are having and voicing their concern on education. You were saying? Right. And and here in Loudoun uh, County in Virginia, there was a tragic incident uh, where a young woman was raped in a, in a school bathroom by a man who self-identifies or a young man who self-identifies as a woman. Um, and it appears that this man has done this before. However, it was covered up by the local officials. And while the governor can gubernatorial candidate certainly had nothing to do with it, it, it was symbolic of, of the wokeism, uh, as, as you put it. And that in, in for political correctness, where the Democrats are willing to put children at risk and, and people at risk. And I think a lot of parents who might not normally have looked at the Republican Party or voted for those candidates certainly are looking now and understanding that this is this is more than about being nice. It's about doing the right thing for our kids. I guess the question in my mind is, is it is it even possible to change, to turn things around in a substantial way? I mean, it's one thing to go to school board meetings and and to raise your concerns and and to, uh, you know, ha- have the opportunity to uh, to to voice your opinion 
That's one thing to get even on news as a result of doing that and, and all of that. It's flashy. It's great. It's what wonderful. But does anything ever change? Is anything going to change? I mean, the school teachers lobby is so strong that they were able to hold back an entire nation's worth of school children from coming back to school uh, last year because they didn't want to. It, it, do you think it's possible to see substantial change in this in the education system that might allay the concerns of so many of these middle ground voters. So, sometimes you need that darkness for for more to see the light. And what we also saw in this past year with all the kids having to stick home, stay home, because of school unions and, and uh, government being oppressive is that you saw an uptick in homeschooling. You saw an uptick in uh, private schools, Catholic and Christian schools. Um, so, I, I look, if I don't think you could be pro-life and not be an optimist, and, I, and I'm an optimist, and I do believe, uh, despite decades in D.C., that things can change. Um, there are good people out there on both sides, um, and it's a matter of connecting both to them and connecting them together as well. So that we realize that uh, that we aren't alone. It's the one beautiful thing about the March for Life here in D.C. every year is um, you have hundreds of thousands of mostly kids who who realize all of a sudden I'm not alone. I might be made fun of for my beliefs back home, but I'm not alone. Uh, Tom McCloskey is our guest. He is the chief uh, lobbyist on Capitol Hill for CatholicVote.org, talking about the fallout of the elections here. Um, do you think they can? keep the the momentum they still have a ways to go to get to the 2022 midterm elections do you think we'll see that momentum uh, hold out that's a really good question and again i i'm i'm hopeful that they will uh but if anybody can snatch uh defeat from the jaws of victory it's certainly the republicans um and, and to me, I, I think in 2022, we will we'll, we will see gains in the House and the Senate, hopefully a takeover. But what's even more important then is that in 2024, we replace the administration as well. So it's not just about keeping the momentum for the next year and a half, but we need to keep it going for the next two and a half years. Well, one concern I have is the fact that, you know, we are it seems like we're doing some good things right now, but it's not actually changing people's minds in terms of uh supporting the democrat party instead it's more they just have a, it seems as though i could be wrong but and that's kind of my question it seems as though it really is just the education policies of the of uh mccullen or whatever i'm forgetting his name now i had to say his name i uh, it just seemed like his his plans were just so bad it was just so blatantly anti-family so blatantly attacking parents trying to get hit sick the fbi on them uh, these kind of ideas, and that was really the main issue, and that everything else, people are still uh, hook, line, and sinker taking their kids to, uh, to allowing their kids to go to uh, strip clubs for their uh, field trips and things like that. It was a gay bar. It was a gay bar. That's where you go. Uh, so uh, how, yeah, so much better, right? Uh, so what, is, that, is that the case? Is it just the, the education issue, or parents are upset because they're being uh, targeted, or is there actually a shift happening? If this is a permanent shift or, or if it's just uh, the cyclical shift that we sometimes see when one, when one party is in power at the White House. Um, but the thing with McAuliffe, um, the candidate here in Virginia, was 
that he voiced what I, I believe a lot of Democrats think, that we know what's best for your children, me and the union, so please, uh, parents have no role in this. And that's more and more what we're seeing in government. Um, and from what I'm getting from this administration is even after Tuesday's election, granted it's early, they're still looking to overreach on a number of different issues. Mm. So while it was education in Virginia, um, the life issue, I mean, the bill that they're trying to push right now is uh, the biggest expansion of abortion, I think, since Roe v. Wade, including getting rid of the Hyde Amendment. Um, the stuff they're trying to do with transgenderism in the schools um, and in, in women's sports, um, I think a lot of that, uh, you'll slowly see people more and more, I think, looking for sanity. And hopefully the Republicans can, can give them that sanity. Um, that is really up to them. Well, speaking of the sanity that uh, theoretically that the Republican Party would uh, would want to offer to people, the <laughs> the problem I'm having is seeing like, for instance, the Supreme Court in which we fought so hard to get Amy Coney Barrett on the court. And whenever a transgender issue comes up uh, against a Catholic hospital trying to deny the uh, <laughs> doing uh, transgender surgery on a woman they say that we're not going to hear the case. And I, I'm blown away by this. Is there a good reason for this? Is there what, what good reason is there to uphold the previous court's decision to force a Catholic hospital to do this? And I, I know I'm, like, I'm thinking not only should we hear the case and say that, no, they not, should not be forced, but it's, they, the Supreme Court should come out and ban transgender surgery. What's going on here? And uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to say. It, 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 I, I agree with you. Um, that I, I do think this is so har- harmful to, to children that they should ban it, um, certainly for, for anyone, uh, for minors. Um, however, and it's, I'm not a legal expert, so it's hard for me to defend or, or to, to even attack sometimes the Supreme Court. Um, but I, I do come from a family of lawyers. I, I usually joke that I come from a family of lawyers so somebody had to make an honest living and I became a lobbyist. Um, and what we, what I think we're seeing from the court is, um, it's not up to the court to decide what's right and wrong. It's up to the court to decide what's constitutional or not. And it, because Congress has failed in their lawmaking so much over the decades, um, too much is being thrown in the Supreme Court. What we need is a Congress that steps up and defends children, that, that makes it illegal, uh, the stuff that we're talking about and that, protect children and, and again, uh, going back to the word sanity, hopefully bring some more sanity. Mm. Um, our laws, our laws more reflect our moral code than I think our courts do. Um, and it's time for our elected officials to stand up. The, the article I was quoting from, from CatholicVote.org, Lessons from Virginia, goes on to say, election prog- prognosticators are adjusting their predictions. With the midterms now less than a year away, the Center for Politics now believes Senate races in Arizona, Georgia, and Nevada are toss-ups. Our team now believes as many as 70 House seats could be in play next year. That's pretty huge. But uh, I think the real, I, I guess it's surprising, but yet not surprising uh, news that, ca- that this is quoted in this article, but I saw yesterday in the headlines, is Nancy Pelosi is now signaling that she's done and won't be re- uh uh, going for a re-election this next time. Uh, what say you to that, Tom McCloskey? Um, I think we'd have to ask Teddy Roosevelt 
Um, cause that was the first time I think Nancy Pelosi said she was going to retire. Um, <laughs> it, it's, Ouch. I, I disagree. I, I, sorry about that. Uh, speaker. Um, it, I, I have a, a tremendous amount of respect for, for speaker Pelosi. So I disagree with her on, on quite a bit. Uh, I do envy the, the way that she wields that hammer and, and wish, uh, and that gavel and wish that Republican speakers would, would, somewhat do the same in a, in a fairer fashion, of course. Um, if Nancy Pelosi is going to retire or not, I, I think only she knows, and, and I think anybody who predicts that she is would probably try to make her stay even longer. So um, I do hope she retires. Um, I, I Usually on their birthdays, I send out a tweet wishing uh, pro-abortion politicians a happy birthday, but also a happy retirement, regardless of right. their age. Yeah. Um, let, let her spend her time the rest of her, uh, her time contemplating um, uh, actual Catholic teaching. Wouldn't that be amazing? Of, uh, doing what she's doing. Before right. it is too late, she's no spring chicken, let's just say. You know, it's time for her to contemplate seriously uh, the, the fact that uh, death comes to us all and judgment soon after. All right, Tom McCloskey, thank you for your time today from CatholicVote.org. We're very grateful for your insight chief lobbyist on Capitol Hill for CatholicVote.org. God bless you. God love you. Have a great day, Tom. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Praise be to God. You can check out that article, Lessons from Virginia from CatholicVote.org. But we're going to go and uh, wish you well. If you can't join us in the next hour, have a great day. We'll see you back here tomorrow for another round of Catholic Drive Time. But if you can join us, we have fun in the second hour. We have good news for you. We also have a Saint of the Day, Gospel Day, and the Game Show with prizes at stake, and you could win. Go to grnonline.com forward slash cdt to hang out with us, watch live, comment live, all of that, and we'll see you there. God love you, and God bless you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Why do Catholics call Mary the Queen of Heaven? Doesn't God rebuke the Israelites in the Old Testament for worshiping a false goddess called the Queen of Heaven? Should we not refer to Mary with that title, therefore, since it's a title of a false god? In Jeremiah 7, verse 18, God is indeed upset with the Israelites for worshiping a false goddess called the Queen of Heaven. However, just because God rebuked them for worshiping the false Queen of Heaven doesn't mean that we cannot pay honor to the true Queen of Heaven, the Blessed Mother. That type of thinking would lead you to believe that just because people worship a false god that they call God, we therefore should not call the true God by that same name, God, because that's the same name the idolaters use for their God. That is faulty logic and it makes no sense whatsoever. Again, the fact that there is a false queen of heaven does not lead to the conclusion that we worship a false goddess when we call Mary the queen of heaven. Just as the fact that there is a false god does not lead to the conclusion that we worship a false god when we call our Father in heaven God. And there is a true queen of heaven. We see this quite clearly in Revelation 12 verse 1. And a great portent appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. Let's see. There's a woman. She's in heaven. And she has a crown on her head. 
I could be wrong, but I don't think that's the cleaning lady. No, it's the true queen of heaven, Mary, the mother of the male child who is to rule the nations. We do not worship Mary. We honor her just as Jesus honors her. So there is absolutely nothing wrong from a scriptural point of view in calling Mary the queen of heaven and in honoring her just as Jesus honors her. After all, if Jesus is the king, then Mary is truly the queen mother of heaven. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. It is uh, Thursday. You only have one day left. You can do this. You can do this. Okay, technically it's two working days and then your weekend starts, but let's just uh, round up a little bit here, okay? Weekend is almost upon you. Praise be to God. We're going to have a good hour this hour. We're looking forward to it. We have some good news to share with you. Praise be to Jesus. We always covered the more difficult stories in the headlines in the first hour. So that that hour tends to be jam-packed with the latest uh, difficult headlines and stories and conversation. We just wrapped up a conversation with Tom McCloskey from CatholicVote.org. Talk about the, the fallout from the Virginia and New Jersey elections for sure. But don't, don't leave out uh, Long Island had a big upset too. So lots of election-related conversation last hour. This hour, we try to keep it upbeat and inspirational. We do a good news segment with you. Saint of the day, gospel of the day. We try to get it in a reflection, plus our game show, Fear and Trembling. All that coming up in this hour, or the first half of this hour. In the second half of this hour, we conversate with you on our live social feed. We call it the after show, where we hang out with you and you get to drive the conversation and talk about whatever you want to talk about on our, one of our, our video feeds, which is on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, we're on odyssey.com. We're also live streaming to our website at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. So we encourage you to hang out with us. And don't forget, every Thursday, I send out an email to the CDT Insider crew, our, our super fans that uh, are just so amazing. So you can join the, that email list, the CDT Insider's email list, on our website. I usually always send some like unique piece of content just to say thank you for being a part of the crew. And uh, you can get on that email list by going to our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Or you can pull out your cell phone and you can text the letters GRN 
to the number 42828. That's right. It's that simple. Just text GRN to the number 42828, and that will get you on our CDT Insider email list as well. Now, just to say thank you for signing up, we also send you immediately into your inbox a talk, a 30-minute talk from Father Bill Casey of the Fathers of Mercy. It's a powerful talk about the state of the church, where we're at today, where we're headed, what we need to do. And it is a great inspirational talk. You're going to love it. That'll come to your inbox right away from signing up to the list. Again, text the letters GRN to the number 42828. Good morning to you, Janice. Good morning, Joe. Praise be to God. Yes. Um, I love that you mentioned that talk. I've never heard of that. So that's that's pretty interesting. I'm going to definitely uh, subscribe myself to the newsletter. Nice. Wow. Praise uh, God. I, I really want to get my hands on that um, talk. Yay Sounds and amen. interesting. Uh, well, God is so very good. Father Bill Casey, he's, he's a powerful preacher, a Catholic priest of the Fathers of Mercy. So you're going to love that. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, great to have you on board today. Now, we have some news to share. We haven't talked to the audience about this yet. I think yes. we'll do that in the after show. We have big news concerning Janice. Yes. Um, we might have to save it for tomorrow's after show because today we have a special guest. Oh, I forgot. Uh, That's children. right. Tell us about that real quick. Uh, so we have um, Children of the Immaculate Heart is a Catholic nonprofit uh, based out in San Diego, and they they work uh, to defend and help uh, victims of human sex trafficking. Uh, and they're a Catholic organization. So it's really interesting because uh, human sex trafficking is a topic that uh, we don't really hear about in the church. And sometimes um, a lot of Catholics don't really know how to support mm, yeah. uh, victims. But um, we're going to talk to her at 30 past the hour. Yes. Uh, well, oh. she, uh, it's going to be her su- uh, her um, her assistant. And that's today. coming up in our after show. Yeah, so at 530. Mm-hmm. All right. Speaking of uh, of uh, difficult topics, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos this morning. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be here. Is it? It is. Praise be to God. Are you sure about that? Absolutely. 100%. <laughs> okay. Praise be to I God. I love it. No, uh, and I had a great time yesterday at the uh, Fishers of Men Gala with the, uh, with the Guadalupe Radio Network. And it was wonderful. Praise be to God. And got to meet a lot of listeners. Got wonderful. A, a lot of people giving, sending out compliments to everybody except for Joe. So praise Everyone be to God. Everyone except for me. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Don't fact check me. Don't, don't, ask, don't ask anybody to fact check that. I wouldn't compliment uh, me either. Yeah, so it's so okay. There you go. There praise you go. be to God. And everybody wanted to know where Joe was. Everybody was like, Adrian, where's Joe? Uh, and I was like, oh, he's, he'll be here in a second. <laughs> Any sec, any second now. He, Joe was sleeping right around the corner, uh, and uh, and uh, yeah. So everybody kept on asking for you, Joe. Well, you know, if there was steak, I might have been tempted Ouch. to go without sleep. There, the chicken was delicious. <laughs> I bet it was. Junior League is amazing. Uh, praise be to God. Thank you, everyone who supports our radio postulate. Whether you're in Houston or anywhere else in our radio postulate, all across Texas, Alabama, Florida, Virginia, Maryland, Washington D.C., Kansas, New Mexico. Wherever you are today, thank you for your generous support for Guadalupe Radio Network. You make it possible. All right, we're going to dive in. We have a good news story for you coming up, and we need to pray. So we're going to be praying for all of your needs, of course, for the conversion of sinners around the world, for the repose of those that are going to face death today, for especially for the faithful who will uh, uh, will will trust to God's mercy, either in purgatory or. And maybe, who knows, maybe some, somebody gets to go straight to heaven. Who knows? Uh, we're going to be praying for that as well. So let's dive in. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. 
inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O mother of the word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now, your good news story for today. Praise be to God. Fox News reports Supreme Court orders New York court to reconsider ruling forcing Catholic dioceses to cover abortions. The Supreme Court on Monday ordered New York New York's top court to reconsider its ruling against a coalition of charities that challenged the state's mandate that employers cover abortions in their employee health insurance plans. The Supreme Court declined to take the case of the Diocese of Albany versus Imami in light of a major ruling it handed down earlier this year, siding with a Catholic charity in Philadelphia that declined to screen same-sex couples as foster parents. The high court ruled in the case that Fulton versus Philadelphia, that the city's refusal to contract with the charity due to the agency's same-sex couple policy violated the free exercise clause of the First Amendment. In the New York case, the Roman Catholic Diocese of Albany argues that the state's abortion insurance mandate for employers approved in 2017 violates its First Amendment rights. The Supreme Court on Monday vacated a state court ruling upholding the rule and ordered a rehearing of the case for further consideration. Quote, We are gratified and grateful that the Supreme Court has recognized the serious constitutional concerns over New York State's heavy-handed abortion mandate on religious employers, unquote, Bishop Edward Schaufenberger said in a statement. He goes on to say, quote, We are confident that now that the court has ordered the case remanded for reconsideration in light of last year's Fulton versus Philadelphia decision, the, un- the unconstitutional regulatory action taken by New York State will ultimately be completely overturned as incompatible with our country's First Amendment guarantee of religious liberty, unquote, Schaffenberger added. And praise be to God for that. Let's pray that that has a great outcome uh, for Holy Mother Church and for the right to stand up against the evil of abortion. That's your good news for today. The saint of the day is St. Joannicus of Mount Olympus. He was born in 754 at Bithynia, which is modern-day Turkey. He was a hermit, a prophet, and a miracle worker who defied the Byzantine emperor Theophilus and his iconoclast policies. Born in Bithynia in modern-day Turkey, Joannicus was an iconoclast until he converted to the religious life at the age of 40. And by the way, an iconoclast is someone who believes that we should destroy all icons in religious art. He became a recluse on Mount Olympus in Bithynia and a monk, and later he defied the emperor and declared that sacred images would be restored to the church. Emperor Theodora did restore the icons, praise be to God. He died on the 4th of November, 846, at Intendium of Natural Causes. St. Joannicus Pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 10, verses 11 through 16. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hireling and not a shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hireling and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, 
as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will heed my voice. So there shall be one flock and one shepherd. Unquote. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. You know, last hour I read this beautiful reflection, this meditation by uh, Hadock in his commentary on today's passage. I encourage you to to look up Hadock's commentary. And, you know, verboom.com forward slash GRN gives us the tools to do that very quickly and easily. And we're so grateful. I have uh, the Hadock's commentary and the Navarre and the Ignatius Catholic Study Bible. We have Cornelius Elapidae and St. Thomas Aquinas, the early church fathers. And everything's linked up so that I can go to a gospel passage and open up all my sources. And they immediately go to the place in those books right where they comment on that particular passage. Makes it easy. Makes it awesome. I love it a lot. And we're grateful for their sponsorship, verboom.com forward slash GRN. But I want to say this really quickly. As I read that passage this this particular time, all I could think of was Cardinal Zen in China, who was begging for relief of the suffering of the Christians, the Catholics in, in China. That's a guy who understands what the Good Shepherd is really all about. Adrian, what did you find? Oh, my goodness. Read here. Read, listen to what Cornelius Lapide said here. He said, as a parish priest, he, referring to the parish priest, drives away all heretics and hurtful persons and let him feed his flock with sound doctrines and sacraments and not fatten himself on the milk of his flock. Yikes. I'm just thinking about all the, the many, many, many priests who are, uh, you know, just... They're living in the rectory. They have an easy life. Uh, they're, everything's being taken care of. And they uh, go, go out and they hear confessions for 30 minutes a week. This is not what our Lord has intended for our priest. This is not what he intended. According to Lapide, makes it clear. He says, let him not be a mercenary seeking his own profit, paying court to the well-to-do and noble, and dispensing the rustics and means of his flock. For Christ went about villages and towns, Preaching the gospel to the poor. And what is Cornelius Lapide saying here? He's saying, look, we should not be out with the rich all the time. We shouldn't be out with uh, hobnocking and having the nice uh, food and drinks and having the great wine and all the nice things. And it's not bad to be preaching to these people as well. Of course you need to. Of course uh, people who are the bishops and the priests and the pastors of Hollywood stars and politicians, they need the gospel too. But if your ministry becomes going out and having nice, fine wine and dining all the time, you're not following the mandate of our Lord. Our Lord here, uh, according to Cornelius Lapide, is making the point that we must, like, what is the job of the priest? And, And in a lesser extent, what is our job? But to drive away heretics. Why? Why is it that the case? And the uh, for Vesper, Solemn Vespers of All Saints Day, it said uh, for us, it was a prayer asking our Lord to drive away the faithless race from the land of the faithful. That is hard hitting right there. Drive away the faithless race from the land of the faithful. That is our job here to make that kingdom of God that is going to be present in the in the heavenly kingdom be present in the new heavens, the new earth to try to make it here and now as well. 
to try to bring about the social kingship of Christ. This is incredibly important, and I think we need to think about this much more often and pray that we are following the will of Christ in our lives. St. Gregory the Great said, Our first duty is to spend our outward possessions upon the sheep. Our last, if it be necessary, is to sacrifice our life for the same sheep. Whoso doth not give his substance to the sheep, how can he lay down his life for them? Hmm, St. Gregory the Great, pray for us. All right, it is time for us to play our game Fear and Trembling, which is a lot of fun, and you learn something new every time, praise be to God. And what we need is a caller on the line, and you could be the caller. You don't need to know the answers to win our game, and you might win some prizes in the process. The phone number is open and available right now at 877-757-9424. Call right now. Be our caller. If you've never played before, it's a great time. 877-757-9424. If it's been a while, you can call back at 877-757-9424. Call right now. 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. Fear and Trimlin is up next. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Protestants like to use James 2, 10 through 11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin. Because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 1.15 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2, 10 through 11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2, 10 through 11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children, developed the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit CatholicsComeHome.org today. Welcome home. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show where we have a secret and hidden agenda. So do me a favor and uh, promise me you will not tell anybody what I'm about to tell you, okay? 
It has to stay just between us. But we like to do a few things behind the scenes. Number one, we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions where you never know, you might learn something you did not know before. Praise be to God. And then we like to have fun. And our callers tend to be really fun. They tend to be good sports and laughing right along with us. And we enjoy that a lot. And then, of course, we like to give up prizes, which means everybody wins in the end. Praise be to God. But if you're just joining us and you're brand new here, what the deal is, is I have three trivia questions. These are Catholic trivia questions. And uh, I don't ask the caller. So the caller does not need to know any of the correct answers, and they could still win our game. And that's because instead of asking them, I ask Janice and I ask Adrian, one of which will be correct and the other will be wrong. And the caller will have 15 seconds to make a decision. Whom do they trust more? And then every correct answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. And praise be to God, we love giving out prizes. Janice, what could they win? Our game show sponsor for this week is Catholic, uh, for Catholic Drive Time is His Girl Sunday by Stephanie Aquila. His Girl Sunday is giving away an Advent printable bundle. This is a beautiful printable bundle for any any person, any wife or mother, or anyone who is looking to prepare their household liturgically for the upcoming Advent season. The Advent printable bundle includes a kitchen workbook, a liturgical season meal planner with a grocery list, a Seasons of Light liturgical living companion, and an Advent wreath prayer companion. If you uh, if you win this prize, uh, the Advent bundle will be emailed to you directly. Uh, and and His Girl Sunday is a uh, a small Catholic business that is based out of Houston, Texas, that is dedicated to celebrating Catholic liturgical living in families. Stephanie Aquila, uh, she creates goods that offer help for Catholics who want to pursue living a liturgical lifestyle and help bring joy to all families. You can learn more about her uh, about His Girl Sunday by visiting her website, uh, www.hisgirlsunday.com. And you can also check out her Instagram account um, at Stephanie His Girl Sunday. Again, uh, she's a great small Catholic business. Uh, she creates um, various goods, art, uh, like peg dolls and printable goods. And um, she even has like a... Um, uh, Christmas, uh, I think it's like a Jesse tree, Christmas tree, um, uh, um, uh, a peg doll. Um, wow. Uh, yeah, cool. and it's beautiful. All right. Because, um, yeah, Praise celebrate liturgical living. So check His out. HisGirlSunday.com. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you for your generous sponsorship of our game. All right, let's go to the phones. Praise be to God. Sally, good morning to you. Thank you for calling in and being on our show. Oh, morning, guys. Praise be to God. Sally, where are you calling from? Uh, I'm calling from Houston, Texas. I also have my nine-year-old son, Ian, with me. Hello, Hello, Ian. Good morning to you, Ian. Praise be to God. We're glad you're here. Are you guys on getting ready for school, or what, what's your day looking like? Um, we're getting ready for school. It's, we're about to go soon, but my mom decides to call, and here we are. <laughs> <laughs> well, praise be to Jesus. Now, where do you guys go to church? We go to St. Francis de Sales. Wonderful, wonderful. We're very glad you're call- you've called in today. We don't uh, often get Houston callers, so we love listening to uh, our Houston uh, uh, audience call in. Praise be to God. Uh, now, are you familiar with the game? Do you know how it's played? Uh, yeah, we, we are. We, we've been listening to uh, 
Adrian and Janice, we think they're both tricky in their own unique and God-gifted ways. That was very, God-gifted? very prudentially said, Sally. Maybe, uh, maybe uh, you God, are trying uh, to keep both your options punished? open. I can see where you're going with this. I can see where you're going with this. But I, I, I didn't realize being silly was a gift from God. Uh, so yeah, yeah, God is good. Yeah. Praise God. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I think you you know the rules. You know how this works. Are you ready to play, Sally Nian? Yes. Let's do this. I, and I got to say, uh, there's only one really tricky question. In all of them all are of hard. They're going to be impossible. It's not true. All of them Only are. one. I, let's start with an easy one. We're going to go to Janice first. Janice, are you ready? Yes. Are you mm-hmm. sure? Yep. Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. Uh, Janice, can you tell me, what emperor embraced Christianity in the year 312 A.D.? Uh, that would be Constantine. Really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's just see what Adrian has to say. Adrian, can you tell me, what emperor embraced Christianity in the year A.D. 312? Yes, that would be St. Diocletian. Really? Mm-hmm. St. Diocletian? Yep, yep. Interesting. Hmm. That's a tough one, I guess. Uh, Sally and Ian, here's the deal. Adrian seems to think it was Diocletian, a saint nonetheless, whereas uh, Janice seems to think it was Constantine. And I guess you'd have to ask an Eastern Orthodox if he's a saint or not. But uh, either way, those are your two choices. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Sally and Ian, what say you? Uh, well, you know, I'm pretty sure it's Janice. Survey says. <laughs> yeah. Got it. No, Diocletian. Definitely not a saint. No bueno. <laughs> Diocletian, no bueno. No bueno. He, More like mass murderer. Yeah, pretty sure. Yeah. He made a lot of saints. <laughs> he sure did. <laughs> he did make a lot of saints. Fascinating fact about Diocletian, too. He he had total control over the Roman Empire. He murdered many Christians as a result to trying to consolidate power. Uh, and then he retired to farm life. He just let it all go. Hmm. Nobody saw that coming. All right. So praise be to God. You are in the coffee cup of divine providence. It may be God's will that you win the prize this week. Uh, but uh, mm-hmm. let's see if we can't double your chances. And this next one, super easy. Super Uh-oh. easy. All right. Here we go. Adrian. That's me. Can you tell me? Yes. Who assisted Jesus in carrying his cross? Yes. That would be St. Rufus and Alexander. St. Rufus and Alexander? Absolutely. So two people. Absolutely. So so whom I should have asked. Okay, so St. Rufus and Alexander. Let's see what Janice seems, seems to think. Janice, can you tell me who assisted or whom assisted Jesus in carrying his cross? That, uh, the person that helped carry Jesus' cross, Jesus's cross was Simon of Cyrene. Simon of Cyrene. Yes. Mm, so one person, you say. Mm-hmm. So Adrian seems to think it's two, and you saying it's one. Pooh, that's getting yes. confusing fast. All right, so uh, Sally and Ian, let me see if I can clarify things for you. Uh, Janice says it's Simon of Cyrene, whereas Adrian says it's Rufus and Alexander. Hmm, 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Sally and Ian, what say you? Hmm. We think it's Janice. We think it's Janice. Survey says. Nailed it. Nailed it. St. Rufus and Alexander are actually the sons of St. Simon of Cyrene. Became bishops 
and we're both martyrs. You see how that works? There you go. Tricky piece of business right there. Now, if I remember correctly, didn't they go to Spain? They did. That is correct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Toledo, specifically. Yeah. There you go. How cool is that? Praise be to God. You're in for two, Sally and Ian. How do you feel? This is this is awesome. I really am hoping for this advent. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, praise Jesus. That's good. We're glad. We, we, we'll, we'll be praying. We'll be pulling for you. God's will be done in either case. But we, we have a third question here, Sally. In, in, all, in all honesty, this is going to be the trickiest one. Easiest one. Trickiest. Mm-hmm. Totally the trickiest one. So we the have only to, easy one here. Nope. We have to listen very carefully to their responses on this next one. All right. Are you ready? Okay. Here we go. Yeah. Here we go. Back to Janice. Mm-hmm. Janice, can you tell me, what is the name given to the floor on which an altar is placed? That would be called the third level holy ground really mm-hmm. like wow like we're not talking first and second level here we're just talking third level holy ground <laughs> yes um wow. and the reason why it's called third level is because there's uh three persons in the trinity i see and so at the top mm-hmm. of the altar mm-hmm. is the holiest ground of all the grounds and so it's the holy ground the third holy ground mm-hmm. third level holy ground yeah that's amazing all right let's just uh just for fun let's see what adrian has to say adrian can you tell me what is the name given to the floor on which an altar is placed? Yes, I'm going to go with a predella. Uh, that's is mm-hmm. that the same as third level holy ground? No, not quite. No. Predella, you know, literally referring to a long wooden platform that serves as a base. It's like yeah, a little it's like, off, like a little too on the nose, don't you think? I mean, a, it's you know, it's an old you know classic language everybody knows it. Predella, Lom- Lombardic, you know. Classic language, Project. everyone knows. It's a long piece of wood, you say. Yeah. Okay. Mm, okay. All right, Sally and Ian, here is the deal. Uh, Adrian seems to think that the floor on which an altar is placed is called a predella, whereas Janice seems to think it's called the third-level holy ground. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Sally and Ian, what say you? Well, so it is kind of tricky, but sometimes you got to go with the simplest answer. So... Maybe Adrian's right this time. <laughs> From your lips to God's ears. <laughs> I love you love to hear it. Maybe. I mean, if I have to choose Adrian. Praise okay. be to God, you got it. Easy peasy. Perfect score. You're I love how she said maybe. <laughs> You're in for three. Perfect score. Congratulations. Let's see if it's God's will. You'll have to tune in tomorrow to see if your name comes out of that cup. But we're gonna put you on hold to get your phone number. But Sally me and God love you both. Have a great day. Thank you, guys. God bless you. Praise be to God. That was fun. All right, Predella, we all learned something today. That is going to do it for the radio side of our show. If you can join us in the after show, we would love to have you. We're going to have a conversation about human sex slave trade. We'll be back. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you.
Welcome to the after show of Catholic Drive Time, where we get a lot more casual about our conversation and talk about, usually speaking, we talk about whatever is on your heart and your mind, whatever you want to talk about. But today we're going to be doing something a little different. And just a moment, we're going to start recording our conversation uh, with Jenna Christakis Durham. Hopefully I've said that correctly, Durham, uh, about the Children of the Immaculate Heart, a home that helps uh, women, I'm imagining, uh, uh, recover from the human sex slave trade and the abuse uh, of that. So we're going to have that conversation in just a moment. Um, Jenna, are you on with us? Yes. Good morning. Praise be to God. Can we get you to adjust your camera? There you go. Well, you you adjusted it for her, Adrian. You're you're look you look yes, sideways to us in the Zoom chat. <laughs> it's okay. I, I, don't know. I would have to do this the whole time to like talk, you know, and it would look awkward. So not. Nah, <laughs> I fixed right. it. No problem. Did I say your name correctly, Jenna? Um. Yeah. Well. Okay. So no. Just correct it's me. It's Durham, okay. but that is totally okay. It, it's Durham. Mm-hmm. Durham. So Jenna Christakis Durham. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Okay. That's correct. We can do that. Praise be to God. Uh, just so the audience knows, so we're going to record this conversation. It's going to get played. Uh, I'm not sure when on the calendar it gets played, either tomorrow or and or next week. We're not sure. Uh, but uh, you, get to, you guys get to have first crack at this. And uh, praise be to God <laughs> for this. So we're going to wait for Janice to come back here in a moment. Let's see. Yeah. Is Diocletian Thanos... I don't know. You know, that's chance. actually hilarious that he mm. made that analogy because what is the, what does Diocletian and Thanos have in common? They both wiped out a vast majority, a vast <laughs> swath of people yeah, and then go retire dis- on a farm. Thanos didn't discriminate between uh, Christians. And, does that make him better or worse? Just wondering. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't if know. Uh, slaughtering specifically <laughs> Catholics worse than slaughtering half of humanity or society or mm. the universe. I'm not sure how to say that. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> there you go. And uh, right. retiring on farms are fun, though. I'll, I'll give them that one. Yeah, praise be to God. I wish I could do that today. Uh, all right, let me just make sure I get my websites up when here. When people say that you're going to retire to a farm, doesn't mm. that usually that mean like they're going to get rid of you? I feel like uh, that's what I've been told. Swimming gonna, with the fishes? Swimming with the fishes, something like that. I don't know how we're getting like, hey, off. we're going to send you off on to the a, farm. A very uh, a nuanced conversation about this Diocletian and Marvel Universe. Well, at least we're not talking about Perdellas anymore. Yes. <laughs> Lord save us from Perdellas, I See, guess. I love Perdellas. They're awesome. <laughs> Make Perdellas great again? Awesome. Can we say that? Yeah. This is <laughs> uh, the third step of the uh, where they have the uh, altar was, on top of. That was a great yeah. answer. The third level holy Hi, ground. Hi, Jenna. I love that. That was amazing. Hi, Denise. How, How are you? you? Good. It's so good to hear your voice. How are you? How's life? <laughs> now, Janice life is, is busy. sideways too. How is that happening? Why? Why are there videos sideways? That's so so weird. All right, we're gonna get started now. Praise be to God. Um, let's see. I think I've got everything ready to go. Uh, all right. Uh, are we recording? I guess we're, we're still recording, yeah, we're right? Recording. All right. Praise be to God. Joining us right now via Zoom chat is uh, Jenna Christakis Durham. She is with Children of the Immaculate Heart, which serves survivors of sex trafficking and opens the door to their restoration in Jesus Christ. Praise be to God. Good morning to you, Jenna. Good morning. Uh, we, you know, this is a topic that I am grateful we have an opportunity to talk about. I feel like it doesn't get talked about enough. The human sex slave trade being as uh, bad as, as it is in society, I feel like doesn't get enough uh, news coverage, right? So let's talk about this. The Children of the Immaculate Heart, tell us about this organization and what you do. Sure. So Children of the Immaculate Heart is a Catholic nonprofit. 
We have been around uh, since 2013. We actually just celebrated our um, eight-year anniversary Congratulations. earlier in October. Thank you. We had a fun little party. It was great. Uh, so we uh, offer help to uh, both minor girls who are victims of trafficking and then also adult women and adult women who have children. So we have two programs. Our adult program, which is uh, the program I actually run, and then the minors program, which is uh, what we call an SRTP, a short-term residential uh, program for specifically minor girls who are survivors of trafficking, sex trafficking specifically. Now, I understand you guys run a home where you, you actually give a place to live for these ladies and these children. That's correct. So housing is uh, services in both programs. The home that we own is specifically for the minors program. And we are able to house up to six minors at a time. And there are uh, licenses that allow you to do more than six girls. But uh, our founder, Grace Williams, really thought that it was best to keep the, the group small so there is more of connection between the employees and the girls and we really want it to feel like a family styled uh, type program so six girls uh, at a time is our max and we just opened uh, last September so it's um it's been over a year that we've been opened it's oh, wow. been five years of five years plus of work trying to get it open uh, and, and you opened during the pandemic. So you opened during the pandemic. We family. did. Boy, that, that must have been extra fun. I mean. <laughs> that, yes. Extra, extra fun. Extra, and, so. and the house <laughs> is located in California? That's correct. Yeah. Jenna. We t- can't give out the like, specifics. But. Jenna, um. Tell us a little bit about the culture of the home. Um, how do you, um, I from from my conversations with Grace in the past, I know she talked about creating kind of like a monastic, kind of like a monastery type of vibe where um, there's like mass being offered. And I, from my understanding, you guys have an uh, in-house like uh, chapel and like uh, there's like a prayer um kind of like uh, prayer prayer kind of governs like the uh, the day um, so like morning prayer and evening prayer is that is that something that you guys do what is the culture like so in the home I've actually had um, the greatest honor to to work at the refuge while also running the adult program so I was a facility manager at the refuge for um, a good portion of the first few months or so that we opened and uh, we have a chapel there in the, in the house. And although, you know, we don't push our faith on anyone, we are big um, believers in leading by example. So a lot of our um, employees are Catholic or Christian. And so throughout the day, any employee, any, any volunteer, any client can go in the chapel and join us in prayer um we also can have mass in the chapel we're working on being able to um, have jesus uh, in the home 24 7 um that's a work in progress we need uh, approval from the the bishop so i believe so we're figuring that out but um yeah so that's kind of 
the, the spiritual life there. And um, back in the main office, we do staff rosary every time we're all together just for um, all of our clients and donors and everything. So mm. in addition to um, what we do jointly um, at the refuge, we're also being is in the main office in San Diego. So I have an, another question, Jenna. Um, I know from uh, the history of Children of the Immaculate Heart that you guys received some pushback on uh, even like starting the foundation in specifically in California because, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, religious freedom um, laws that are uh, kind of like backfiring kind of the, um, the, the start of the foundation. Can you tell us a little bit about the the um the legal issues that you guys have confronted and how you have overcome them sure um we can't i can't go into um too specific of details only because that's the agreement that we have with the state but uh we were definitely running into issues um for like things such as um being forced to take um an underaged girl to get an abortion or, um, you know, it, it come to get contraception, concept, um, which of course is, you know, against our, our beliefs. And so, um, it, it was difficult. Um, well, I mean, we obviously at the ends figured it out, which is so great. Um, but we just, we had to, um, kind of show how we're, we're going to work around that. And um, there were some other issues as well. Um, uh, other, other things that kind of went against our faith. Like if um, a girl wanted to attend a pride, pride rally or um, anything like that, we weren't going to offer transportation because again, like that's not something necessarily um, the Catholic uh, faith is aligned with, you know, same-sex marriage and, and, and whatnot. Um, I mean, we accept any any girl to the refuge. They are beloved, loved so much, regardless of anything, because that's what we called to do. Uh, and so that we, we definitely would never um, be prejudiced in that mm-hmm. way if, you know, a girl is thinking, you know, that they yeah. like other girls or anything like that, you know. We're talking with Jenna Christakis-Durham, and she is with the Children of the Immaculate Heart. Uh, Jenna, how do you, how do the girls find you? How do you find the girls? For the refuge, um, the minors program, because we do have state involvement, we'll get, we have to get contracts with uh, certain counties in order to take the girls. So we'll get um, county contracts. Sometimes there's private contracts um, with um, certain um, establishments, uh, but that's just generally how we get uh, the girls, and they mainly come from the probation system. Oh, so these are girls that are ending up before a judge, and um, that's and you're on a list of agencies that might be able to help out. Yes, but um, in order to receive, you know, these girls, you have to have a specific license. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are actually only a handful of, um, SDRP programs like ours in California. I think while we were, um, fighting to get us licensed, there was only like one in existence, maybe like really? 
That two. Seems, that seems crazy. Uh, and um, I think uh, the I think there was one one Catholic um, program that was similar to ours. Mm. Um, that's down in LA, though I think. But yeah, so it, it we are one of the few organizations that actually have this license, and I'm sure there's much more. Um, hopefully, <laughs> at this point. <laughs> yeah, let's but, pray. Uh, yeah. Tell me about the uh, uh, the adults program that uh, you run with the uh, Children of the Immaculate Heart program. Uh, who are these women? What is their background, and how are you helping them? Sure. So. Um, and these women, <laughs> I love them so much. <laughs> uh, these women come from I mean, different areas of California. Um, I mean, we, of course, accept women outside of California. But right now we help seven adult women and there are 16 children. So essentially in an adult program, there's 23 people that, that we're helping at this moment. Um, I mean, they come from different areas of, of life, um, different races, um, different classes of, of, of economic wealth. Um, we provide wraparound services for them. And we, the case management that we do, it's very individualized to what the person specifically needs. And it's not like a general, uh, of like services. Mm -hmm. So, you know, some people might need more financial services than another. We don't split everything evenly like that. And our main two uh, services that we provide is housing and um, therapeutic uh, services. So right now, each lady goes to um, therapy every week every week and we have group therapy and there's other therapy um, uh, services that we'll be doing soon, depending on funding mm. uh, and housing. We have to outsource it since we don't own anything yet. <laughs> uh, we help like we drive them to doctor's appointments. We uh, have case management meetings every week. Uh, we even help their children. Uh, there's just unlimited amount of services that we offer sure. these ladies like even down to teaching them how to drive oh <laughs> really tell you. that must be fun <laughs> i've yes. had to do that with, with my own kids so i know how that goes parallel parking oh is always a, a headache but yeah. why do you, why do you call why do you name the program after saint paquita oh so saint paquita is the patron set uh saint of those uh enslaved and so, um, I mean, sex trafficking is called mm. modern day slavery. And so, um, I mean, St. Bikita herself was taken away, was, was stolen uh, at a very young age from her family, from where she lived. And that, that was her life. She was a slave. Um, so that's, that's why uh, our, our CEO, Grace Williams, decided to name our adult program after St. Paquita. Mm. It's a powerful story. She was uh, obviously herself, uh, St. Paquita was molested uh, by her, mm -hmm. uh, by her quote owners. And, uh, but uh, by the grace of God, she was freed by an Italian court. And uh, we're very grateful for the, the life and the testimony of St. Paquita. Now, uh, how, so these women that come to these adult women, th these are women who were in the sex slave trade and then were rescued or how, well, like what is their general background in that regard? 
No, they're all survivors of sex trafficking. So, um, and it's, so their involvement, like how they became involved um, into that, in that industry is, that is very much different from uh, the Taken movie. Um, though that happens, you know, what happens in that movie, uh, it does occur, but these days it's more of coercion and manipulation and um it's like a long-term manipulation um strategy so what typically happens and this is the general story for for all of our clients in the adult program really and and um the minors program Mm -hmm. is uh the trafficker will specifically uh target girls um they're the traffickers are trained to be able to immediately uh, spot girls with insecurities or or whatnot that makes them more vulnerable to um, manipulation and charm. And so what it is is called the boyfriend strategy. So there'll be these older men and sometimes even um, high school-aged pimps mm-hmm. that befriend certain girls that they know uh, have maybe a very poor family life or, uh, you know, again, very, uh, a lot of deep rooted insecurities and they specifically go for a certain age group. So at the average age of entry is 16, but, you know, I, I've heard of girls as young as nine years old. And so this pimp will befriend um, the, the girl and uh, make her believe that he can make his her dreams come true oh, wow. and he slowly isolates her from her entire support system until she's completely reliant on him for everything. Love, confidence, self-worth, finances, everything. And then so slowly, like uh, he'll um, eventually get her into um, selling herself for money. And it's mm. typically like the scenario of like, Oh babe, I can't pay rent this month. I don't know what to do. But, you know, my friend's girlfriend is doing is is doing this on the streets. But, you know, I can never ask you to do that. And so planting seeds and making this person, this individual, believe that she's actually chosen this life. And then once she's in it, he keeps her in um, by getting her addicted to drugs Mm. or threatening the lives of the people she cares about most or saying, like, no one's ever going to want you after you've done this to yourself. Like you're trash. I'm the only one who's ever going to want you. Like things like that. If they try to leave and, and most, most ladies uh, and women or, or young children who do try to leave. Uh, well, it, it's, it doesn't turn out well. I've heard so many stories from adult clients of like, you know, I got really lucky uh, being able to get out this life because all, most of my friends end up sad in an alley. So it's, it's so scary. Yeah. It's really scary. And it takes a lot of courage um, from these survivors to leave, yeah. to escape. I can really. imagine it would. Uh, we're talking with Jenna Christakis Durham from the Children of the Immaculate Heart program. By the way, their website is Children of the Immaculate Heart. And I believe it's, is it .com or .org? Children of the Immaculate Heart .org. 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 Yeah. Um, I encourage mm-hmm. everyone to check that out and even consider maybe making a donation so that you can support this work. But Jenna, tell me about uh, the lasting uh, impact on these women and their children, the young girls also that you're serving. Is it possible for them to come back to something that feels normal? They, um, Their trauma will always be with them. 
it's not going through a program or any program is never going to be some magic cure. I mean, even our senior clients and, and whatnot, it's going to be with them forever. What we try to do is, is help them live, live with it, to cope with it, to understand that they're beautifully made and loved and worthy of love and to gain this, um, sense of self-worth and confidence that they've never had before through, um, you know, the love of Jesus Christ. So that, um, you know, that is kind of the goal. And I hope that answers your question. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not sure if I quite answered so, your question. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I'm just trying to envision what life must be like for, for these poor women and their oh, kids yes. and these okay. young, yes. and these young people to understand, you know, the trauma has to be very deep and profound and whether or not they can go on to living something more of a normal life even after. Um, and I, as a Catholic, I have to believe the answer is found in the Holy Sacraments, the grace of God and healing. Um, but through this program, do you have any testimonies of, uh, of women who have rebounded and, 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 and moved on? Oh, oh yes. Um, and we have, Yes, we do. <laughs> um, there's this particular client. She's probably been um, the one uh, in our program the longest. And I have the, the honor of seeing her almost every day. She's so great. Uh, she, <laughs> sorry, um, it's a technical hey, malfunction. Now uh, your camera's horizontal. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? So great. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm so loud. I don't want to wake anyone up. <laughs> That's okay. Um, <clears throat> sorry. I have an interesting setup. Um, it's fun. You'd be very, <laughs> yes, surprised. Um, so you were saying a testimony of a, of a lady in your program has been there the longest. Yes, yes, yes. Um, she, she tells me almost every day that I see her how much she has changed. And she's, she tells me, like, I used to be so angry of a person. And I didn't realize why it was until I came to this program. And it was because of the abuse, because of, you know, just everything, um, all the trauma. Mm -hmm. And coming to our program, she says, I'm at peace. Like, I don't, I don't get angry. I'm more patient. I like, I look at life differently. Mm -hmm. I have a relationship with God that like, I never thought I would have. Yeah. Um, it's so interesting. Like she has so many struggles in life, not just financial, but she is one of our ladies who have, have been or had been in the life the longest over 20 years. Wow. And that doesn't only have an emotional and mental effect on you. It has a physical effect on you. Uh, she right now, she and I are working hard towards accomplishing her physical health goals and, I mean, that, that includes so many procedures, like dental procedures, mm. actual surgeries on her body. Oh, gosh. And um, so it's to answer your question of like how difficult it is. I mean, just just imagine um, a PTSD. It's, it's, it's PTSD when you're a, vic you're a survivor of sex trafficking. I can imagine. Words trigger you. Um, yeah. People who like certain people that you know trigger you. Right. There's this constant fear of 
running into your trafficker. Um, the lady that I, I've been speaking about, I mean, her traffic trafficker lives in, in San Diego, in central San Diego. Like, oh, really? um, and she's seen him driving on, on the street, like a few Ooh. times in the last four or five years. And that, that fear that comes up, like it makes her just stay home yeah. for like weeks at a time. Cause she's so afraid, like different things like that. Or, um, if you, if you don't know how to, to properly like talk with a survivor, you, you can definitely bring up a lot of their trauma. I can um, imagine. And because she's, she's come such a long way. I mean, she's not as um, sensitive as she used to be. <laughs> she first <laughs> came straight out of the life, straight out of the life into our program. Yeah. She was one of our first clients. But it's it's a struggle. You have all those memories, we, all those memories you can never get rid of, and then you're also trying to take care of your kids because most of the ladies in program are single moms mm-hmm. and providing for them, and also nurturing your own, you know, mental health. And it's different than the typical self care of like the typical mom. We're talking with Jenna Christakis Durham from the Children of the Immaculate Heart program. Again, you can find them over at childrenofimmaculateheart.org. Um, we only have a couple of minutes left. Uh, Jenna, tell us, what, what does it cost to run programs like this? Lots of money. <laughs> <laughs> you, um, can you give yeah. us a sense of the scale? Yes. Uh, so for the adult program, just for housing and one-on-one therapy and group therapy, it's like well, $150,000 a year. Oh, really? Um, and that doesn't even include... Um, the other services that we offer, like mm. transportation or groceries or education. Um, so it, huh. what about the medical so, expenses of your clients? Who, who covers that cost? Us too. We do that as well. Um, oh, wow. we have that in our budget for bigger, bigger surgeries or procedures that cost a little more than we can afford. We mm. are so blessed to have partners uh, who with like women's groups or other foundations that will help us pay for those expenses. Like we have a lady in our program who's gone through several, several brain surgeries in the last two really? years. Oh, wow. Oh yeah. And, and partially, um, whatever injury she had, um, pre-existing her life, or her time in, in the life mm. uh, made was made significantly worse because of how often she was beat by her trafficker. Oh, I'm so sorry. So that so this these surgeries are definitely um, a, a result from being in the life, and then there's a lot of them have the dental issues, um, just for various reasons. Like while you're in life, you don't necessarily go to the doctor. Sure, <laughs> or like sure. even the dentist yeah. and your diet isn't actually like the best. Or again, when you're being beaten up, like your teeth are going to be messed up. Oh, so is so our, our medical mm. um, services. It's super important. Um, right now for the adult program, I'm trying to raise, I think it was $66,000 by the end of the year to go towards housing and therapeutic services for so next year. Adults. Goal. 
Well, let me encourage the audience to maybe consider making a donation and uh, and helping the program out. It would be a wonderful thing to do. Jenna Christakis uh, Durham has been our guest. Children of the Immaculate Heart is the program. You can find them over on their website, childrenoftheimmaculateheart.org, and there's even a donate button there. You can help maybe uh, alleviate this this need for this uh, this housing that helps these ladies. That would be wonderful. Jenna Christakis Durham, we're thankful for your time today. God bless you. God love you. Have a great day, and we'll be praying for your success and for the program and for all the women and children that are involved. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Jenna. God bless. All right. Bless Praise you. be to God. That is going to do it for Catholic Drive Time for uh, for our day. I, I'm not sure at what point we're going to get this particular interview on the schedule. I think tomorrow we have somebody on, Ryan Dardard. Who's Ryan Dardard? He's a Catholic lawyer, okay. um, and he uh, is going to be talking uh, talking to us about the culture of home and how that can be the remedy for political tyranny. Interesting. Um, yeah, he's uh, super excited to talk about this topic. All right, praise be to mm-hmm. God. We'll probably, we might do it either on Monday or Tuesday of next week. Okay. Um, will be most likely what we'll do. Awesome. Well, praise be to Jesus. Uh, really imp- impressive uh, program there, helping uh, helping these women and these kids out in California. I'd love to see that. We'd love to see more of that, actually. Yeah, and hopefully next time uh, maybe we can bring on Grace Williams, Jenna. Maybe sure. you can reach out, too. Um, yeah. yeah. That'd be fun. All right. That is going to do it for today for Catholic Drive Time. Very grateful to everybody who hung out with us today. Do us a favor and share us with a friend. Have a great day. Praise be to God. And we'll see you back here tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, for another round. And we we have big news to share about uh, Janice and her time with Catholic Drive Time. Well, I guess we'll have to talk about that tomorrow. We're going to put that on the list for tomorrow. So make sure to join us for the after show, and we'll conversate about that and pretty much anything else that you have to talk about. And you know the rules. If you don't, then we talk about movies and food. So you get to choose either way. God bless you. God love you. And again, thank you all. And look forward to that CDT Insider email list coming to you later today. Until then, take care. We'll see you soon.